Oh, we are flying through space, man. The USS Post Show has got everyone. This is Lobo Boys. This is Commander's Log. Happy New Year. As we cover episode 12, there is a tide of Star Trek Discovery. But as always, I am not alone. I, I am being joined by the man who's more than what he appears to be, even though he's exactly what he appears to be, my captain, John Weber. How's it going? Flobo, how are you, my friend? You know, I've been saying this since I figured out how the replicators work, but other than that, I'm great. <laughs> uh, brand new camera, so I'm trying to figure out where to where to put everything. And also, I uh, I won't lie to you, I plucked. Oh, and it shows. <laughs> we're but, about to cover uh, episode yeah. twelve, but we're not doing it alone. I gotta be. We're joined by a special guest, a two-time visitor to the show, a man who has never signed an armistice in his life. Give it up for Jake Giles. I never have. You are right, Flobo. I have never once signed an armistice. <laughs> My, I, I, I'm like Kalos. The enemies just fall before me. Oh, yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> Why are they always falling, bro? I'm uh, going to give a shout out to everyone watching live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. And if you have questions, make sure you let us know in the chat. I'll respond to you. If you're watching on Twitch, follow a brother, man. Got to get those, those likes and views up. So, yeah, get uh, some, overall, uh, yeah. Get, get some money over Flobo's way. This is my 2021 resolution. Let's get Flobo some money. <laughs> well, thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, I've, I given, I've given Flobo my money. I mean, I, I, I refuse to wear the shirt on the air because it would be pandering, but, you know. Oh, I love pandering. Why don't you pander some more? I'll be honest with you, Jake, man. Thoughts about Die Hard in Space this week? Um, well, I have to give it to... Uh, CBS because they gave us three Christmas episodes in a row. We had two episodes with snow, and then we had one episode with the ultimate. That was the ultimate Christmas movie, Die Hard. That's not a Christmas oh, movie. Don't sorry. start with that. Do not start with that. Don't. <laughs> I, I gotta say though, Burnham really pulled off the John McClane role in this. Oh yeah, I agree. It's so funny. I was watching with my family, and at one point I said, "This is Die Hard." They were like, "Yeah, yeah, shh." And I was like, no, she lost her shoes. It's mm -hmm. die hard. When, when, she, when, when she grabbed the communicator, I was just waiting for her to say yippee Kaye." Did it work for you, though? Is it considered too cheesy? I mean, what's your overall take with this? We all love homages. I mean, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is oh, a yeah. giant die hard uh, homage, but did it That's work true. for you? Yeah, I think it really did. I think it fit in really well, um, especially with the stakes, what they were. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Joshua Postel. Happy New Year, man. Woo! Friends of the show. Friends of the show. So let's talk about the big thing backwards, man. Um, Tilly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we have ourselves a little bit of a showdown here between Elsira and Admiral Vance. Now, the entire season, I didn't know what Admiral Vance's thing was about. Was he with us? Was he not? Was he a puppet? Was he a bad dude? But it seems to me he's, he's arguing in good faith. Let's talk about this. John Weber, Osira, she has demands. Will they be met? This is completely different from what they were setting us up for. So they're setting us up, pardon me, they're setting us up for a, uh, a dictator, big bad, out to destroy the Federation and take all the broken pieces. That's what I thought we were getting set up for. Uh-uh. Turns out what we were getting set up for is this bold plan of Osiris to combine her empire, the Emerald Chain, with the Federation. And she hits us with this great little line, this great little crack of, I hope you know, capitalism has already hit the Federation because Deep Space, help me out here, was it 2.5? Uh, 273. Deep Space 273 has been doing business with the Emerald Chain behind the back of the Federation, but I love that she doesn't say Emerald Chain or my, you know, empire. She calls it capitalism. She thinks she represents capitalism. And it gives you kind of an insight on how she sees herself. She's kind of a, you know, the Federation thinks of her as being an anti-Federation, and that's very true. But she thinks of herself as being alternative Federation, built on good old capitalism. And now she's suggesting they come together. Fascinating twist of events. 
corporate merger real quick. So shout out to Be Thunder Pants. Bobo! Yo, follow Scott on Twitch. He's a good guy. Great, great guy. Absolutely. Uh, so, Jake, your thoughts on this whole deal, man. Did it seem like a like a corporate sit down? Did it seem kind of whimsical? Or is there other things afoot? Osiris is really hard to read. Yeah, she is. Um <laughs> You know, when she walked out of the meeting, that really mm-hmm. told me more than anything that was said in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it pretty much said that I'm willing to give you all these concessions, but I don't want to face any consequences of my actions ever. Right, right. Um, I am not a concession, says Osira. Yeah. And that makes also, sense. Also, it also makes me wonder if maybe there's something more going on possibly than uh, them running out of dilithium is why she's so hot to trot to do this. Hot I'm wondering if... Yeah, I wonder if maybe, yeah, I know, too many Southern phrases. Uh, (laughs) I wonder if maybe she has run into some trouble Uh on the, shall we say, the eastern side of the Beta Quadrant, a nice big red empire, because we have not seen them yet this year. I mean, that's an interesting play, though. I mean, it's it's one of those things, again, there is... Or the Ferengi are just choking her out. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there, she, Osiris was definitely was heading into the sit down. You can be, you wouldn't be wrong if you said she was one dimensional, big bad evil on right. the ship. We saw her do bad things, and even we'll get to the later with with um, Arulio, uh It was kind of like this other side of no, she's kind, she's benevolent. Like all that stuff comes to a head here. What she did here really threw me for a loop because my theory that Admiral was in on it. It's blown out the water. I don't know now if that was in good faith, but now we have lie detectors are biometric like people now. So this lends itself to a whole bunch of a whole slew of other commutations and permutations. I'm really not really sure what to expect there. Um, but the question I have for you, John, is this: Who was right, the admiral or Osiris? Oh, um, isn't that interesting how they set that up? You know, one of the things that I've loved about this season is they are very upfront about the imperfections of the Federation, and Vance is very much how we learn a lot of that. And uh, he, I, I didn't feel well. Let's see, he didn't, he didn't try to take a, a heavier hand. He didn't try to like, you know, be bigger than Osira, which is interesting meeting in the middle he's got eli the lie detector fascinating yeah. i love that uh i can't hear that now. stuff man yeah I can. <laughs> and and uh so we know because we have a lie detector that they both completely go yeah he he understands so now we as the viewers for once know exactly what's going on between these two vance I've said this for the last couple of weeks. I'll keep saying it. Vance is such a great character because he shows strength, but he also admits to weaknesses and vulnerabilities and mistakes. And that's a new kind of federation. And Osira is clearly trying to fight over her weight class. She's got a lot of strength behind her, but she knows the future is extremely fragmented and, and weak for her. So they, they, I don't know that Vance will make the deal. We know that she wants to make the deal, but we also know that if she has to walk away and blow everything up, she'll probably do that too. Because that's what we well, know about Osira. And, and her bargaining point kind of got a little... Uh little weaker there when Burnham decided to vent half of uh, half their force out into space. Hey, man, I mean, it's a thicker shoes. I would do the same thing. <laughs> I just love the, the term regulator. Did, did yeah. any of you guys watch Sequest? Yeah. Oh, wow. Se- wow. That's, that's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Sequest yeah. had regulators. I just, I've always loved that, that phrase. And they're badasses. So, sure, they're the regulators. Uh, not only that, yeah, but uh, yeah, that one dude comes back. Uh, oh, I should do my research. Um, her, uh, you know, like her second in command guy. Um, the one with the frozen hand. The oh, Zareth. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, I mean, those guys are bad guys. We know they're mercs. We know they're tough. Yeah. We know they're ruthless. 
So uh, the fact that we get our, you know, look, you'll say die hard. I'll say under siege. I think I'm a little closer. You go right ahead. Okay. You yeah. say die hard. Okay, it did come notes. first. That's in my notes. Still- I have. I have Die Hard, Under Siege, Assault, Precinct 13. Whatever, whatever you want, man. You can have you can have any flavor you want. That's the home world right there is Precinct 13. Uh, yeah. and, and something that if you watch the Ready Room, uh, something that Will Wheaton points out, which is hilarious. I didn't even understand what I was watching. Was This is a Jonathan Frakes directed mm-hmm. episode, of course. It was. Remember, Frakes directed... Uh, was it First Contact, the one where yes. the Borg take over the Enterprise? Yeah, he, oh. he, he directed First Contact and um, Nemesis. And so he has experience with this, you know, people, the crew of the ship trying to defend themselves against borders. Uh, it, it, it's very interesting how he his action movie experience, and I would never say it was great. Uh, honestly, <laughs> the thing about first contact. Wait, are you putting him over or burying him? I can't. Tell. <laughs> oh, it close. Oh. I'm not really sure what he does. Yeah. Here's the, here's both the at the thing. same time. Think about thing is Frank's gets a lot of credit for a lot of things, and some of them are true. Okay. That's what I'll say. Yeah. That's the legacy I want. It's a, it's an up it's an uplifting burial. <laughs> Sounds like a mausoleum. All right. That's... Well, it's got to be one of those things where, uh, you know, if we're going to talk about wrestling, let's talk about wrestling. Right. When you go up against a guy, you do want to insult the guy. You do want to put the guy down, but you don't want to undermine the quality of his work. Because if you make him look weak and undeserving and you beat him, then that's no victory. Mmm. Wrestling is the best storytelling on the planet. I, I I actually really liked uh, one of the comparisons that uh, they made on a Trek Culture video about this episode that I watched this morning. They said uh, that uh, at least these borders, as far as Jonathan Frakes stuff, at least these borders were good. Unlike the Remans and Nemesis, who you just hit once and they fall out, fall over. <laughs> Supposed to be the big the, the Romulans' biggest bad boys when it. Came to the Dominion War. They right. were putties, man. They were Power Ranger putties. They were putties. <laughs> Not this big Z in my chest. Ah. <laughs> well, well, real quick before we get to the whole other story beats, I want to talk about the actual technical marvel of this opening sequence. Like it was yeah. like feature television, man. And I actually wrote here, but Booker flies, and, and there's like the whole change of stuff. It was like I was on board with what the stakes were. And it definitely was like a shock. Now, the question I ask about like, we talk about budgets and everything, right? We talk about like, there's bottle episodes, there's episodes where you get to see Navarre, which I'm still mad about. And then you see like expressions like this. Just overall though, do you think it's a good idea to do it that way? To have those kind of big budget things and to have little bottle episodes? Or would you like to have the little thing more evened out? See Navarre, maybe have a little bit more toned down action sequence. This is your personal opinion as long-term fans of Strike. Yeah, I'd go. I, I would prefer more evened out. I, I'm like Flubba. I wanted to see more Navarre. I actually would have liked to have seen, you know, more than one Romulan. <laughs> yeah, I got you in the future. And maybe some Romulan ships in orbit. True. You know, a lot of times they're they're holding that back, you know, for some later reveal. Um, right. I mean, even the original uh, introduction to the uh, to the Romulans was a camera on board their ship and we get to see it's basically like yeah. the shoplifting camera at 7-eleven yeah. the first we get to see of them it's a giant walleye <laughs> um yeah i i tell you you know the big budget is it's great for sucking in new people i wish i didn't use that verb but honestly um you know star trek could always be looked at like we're you know relatively we're a bunch of old men here uh and of course i say that having so much gray hair that uh it's clearly you guys are clearly much younger than me but if i'm trying to get that new franchise fan i need to dazzle them pew 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 
and the people working on the show, I got to give them credit. They are trying their damnedest to extend everything, to get more value out of everything, get more out of the actors, more out of the costumers. You know, the, the, so many of the uh, props are 3D uh, printed now. You know, they're yeah. trying to maximize everything. I give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, let's move on a little bit. I want to talk to you about the, more, the most interesting character I've seen in a while in Aurelio. Um, the actor, yeah. Kenneth Mitchell, has been a fan favorite in the Star Trek universe, a player in early seasons as Cold and Cold Shaw, and on mm-hmm. Lower Decks as uh, some of the additional voices. Um, in real life, did uh, became Dino's ALS, and so he is operating in a wheelchair, and he was brought back to the universe as a character that uses it. That's all real life. But inside this story, he does have this unique relationship with Osira, uh, kind of like the the pet the cat moment or pet the dog moment. Jake, start with you, man. Thoughts about Aurelio in this like storytelling characterization of Osiris? He's he's extremely intelligent. He's obviously got the intellect to be a scientist, um, but psychologically, he's kind of mixed between um, you know this attachment to Osiris that may drift a little bit into no full of those stuff it's a sight uh, gag so those on the yeah. podcast are ass out of luck no. <laughs> for those of you that need to know what I did I, I, I just immediately just closed my eyes uh, <laughs> the uh, as you can tell I'm used to working in an audio medium the uh, uh, a little Stockholm syndrome a little bit in there too yeah mm. Well, I mean, you know, we've we've seen a lot of dictators lately yeah. in the news. You know, <laughs> let's just put it They're that all way. The rage. It's fashion, John. We're, we're not. Twenty years ago, I didn't know what a functional dictatorship was like the way I know now. Well, I mean, even 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 Hitler had people he took care of. Absolutely, absolutely. And not, and not comparing Osiris to Hitler, but I'm just saying even the worst of the worst. It, there are two sides to the story. Yeah. yeah. This has always bothered me. I, you know, I'll just throw this out there. Uh, out I, love there. Com- I love comedy. And this has always bothered me when I watch Saturday Night Live or basically when I watch anything produced by Lorne Michaels. Lorne yes. Michaels is a billionaire and he feels comfortable no matter who's in charge so here he is you know taking on trump in his own way here or there but one thing that he never did was just say he's evil and that's that there was always Mm. this hey i'm doing okay you know i got mine why are yeah. we so worried? Let's be light. Jimmy Fallon, you know, riffling Trump's hair five years ago, which Jimmy Fallon says he regrets every day, normalizing somebody, you know, obviously politically you know where I'm coming from. I disliked Trump. I'm, but, a, I'm a talk show nerd. This is fascinating. Good to know. <laughs> but, but the thing is, when you are in that rare air and you're not afraid for your life, there's certain decisions you make. Certain things that that you go, I don't object to this. Mm -hmm. And when you're on the other side, when you're like, my friends are actively going to be killed. Someone is going to kill my friends if I don't stand up. Maybe I'm not being threatened. Maybe I am. But this is a red alert. We are in trouble here. And to see them exist at the same time. To see somebody go, hey, it's just life. I had friends who were like, look, bro, Democrats get eight years, Republicans get eight years, then Democrats get eight. I'm like, it's not like that at all, but you're a Republican. So, yeah, you feel that way. You feel taken care of. You feel protected. But I'm seeing people the same color as my friends being murdered in the streets every day. It means something to me that this is going on and bringing it back to the show. We okay. we do see him have that moment of Osira is awful. She'll keep she'll kill people just to prove a point, and that's beyond where he'll go. Well, and, and now I think, we know too much more about him. I think subconsciously he knew what Stamets was telling him was was the truth and was correct, and I think that subconsciously is why he stayed on the bridge when he did. Yeah, yeah. 
Fascinating, too. I used to love the show Jericho. Oh, wow. Yep. How many times in one episode, man? Well, I mean, it used to be, well, the show Jericho used to be on Mondays, and then it was on Fridays, and now it's on Wednesdays. Yeah, well, but we'll get that joke. I wouldn't. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> Ugh. And it always pulls in the best demos. Because, cause, yeah, sure. because also, okay, yeah. Actually, yeah. that's Should pretty I, I can't knock it. All riches, Jericho. <laughs> that was actually clever. I hate the fact that he was clever. I know, right? Oh, he's so dang smart. Uh, okay, so moving on. Speaking of uh, this exchange, the person who's minted a ringer this episode was Stamets. Stamets yeah. got Vulcan death gripped. He got like prisoned. It was it was nuts. I got to do a moment of silence for my man Stamets because he left the episode in a wobbly egg out in space. Uh, I'm going to start with that part first and go back with you, Jake. Man, I understand Burnham has a reason to do it, and she wasn't aware of what was going on the bridge, but really wasn't her decision to let Stamets go. That is where her Vulcan upbringing comes into play. Interesting. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. That's racist. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do wish that she had maybe gotten a little bit more meat with that pinch instead <laughs> of just, you know. Right There's a love the- pinch. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you need you need to go full in all full grip like Spock, uh, like, it's like thank like, you on the way down. Oh, that's that's yeah. nice. Yeah, like you're just gonna cut off every artery going into their brain, like Spock did. But speaking, of course, of Leonard Nimoy. Um, but you know, yes, Stamets hat stands a lot to lose personally. But it's like Burnham said, if he's not there, Osira can't take the ship. And that's the needs of the many. That's the entire crew. All honestly, with that spore drive, the whole Federation. So, in Vulcan terms of logic, she did the exact right thing, because in the grand scheme of things, Paul Stamets, um, Culber, and Adira—they don't matter. Uh, so you personally, do you do you think that's the the right decision? You personally, like you watch it. I would, I would have done the same thing. Dang. Except I wouldn't have used a Vulcan death bench. I probably would have just decked him, but <laughs> really, like you could have. You could have given him. I can't do a Vulcan neck pinch. I've never been trained. I have to just forearm shiv him or something. You can't do the the all American uh, uh, million dollar dream. You can't do the million dollar dream. Uh, I might might do it. Jake the snake DDT right into the deck plate, knock him out. <laughs> well, you know what? I can't recall the family show because it's rated TV TVMA. Uh, what about you, John? Thoughts about this idea? Stamets into the ringer. Guess uh, out an airlock himself, uh, or no, through a wall. Really, not even an airlock. <laughs> he gets right. blown to, to smooth the rules. Uh, thoughts about right. this whole storyline right now? You know, the only thing that I was, uh, I was so unhappy about that, except for one thing, and that was she took the phaser and she made it made it overload, which blew a hole in the ship. That's some TOS right there. They yeah. used to do the exploding phaser trick all the time. Wait, love so that. you hated it, but you love the ingenuity of it all? <laughs> That's pretty clever. I've come and around. Like, if you got to do something terrible that's going to make me unhappy, at least do it in a cool way. I'm just glad she picked a window big enough for him to fly through. It would have been horrible if Stamets somehow got decapitated on his way out for the tractor beam to grab it. Wow. That, oh, that's man. like a Price is Right theme right there. Uh, I mean, it's – look, uh, she is sacrificing – because she'll probably yeah. never have a good relationship with Stamets again. Unless Stamets is uh, uh, capable of changing how he is, and we know he isn't, uh, just in gentle ways, which is why he considers Adira his child. Mm-hmm. And and I totally, you know, I questioned it at first, but then I went, no, this guy's heart is on the outside. He is not a reserved or puritanical person in any way everyone on that ship is probably tougher and more like hard shelled than stamets and so for him to be the guy that gets sacrificed for his family to be the family that gets put at risk he'll never forgive her it'll never be the same between them he needs to really spend some time with 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 the coldest and hardest person on the entire show and that's grudge 
swear to God, Brunch, if you, you, you would have said Linus, I would have, I would have removed you. Right <laughs> no, where is Linus? <laughs> I don't know. Where is Linus? I'll tell you right now. <laughs> if we don't see Linus in in part thirteen, in episode yeah. thirteen, I, I will right. march. We I will right. hit the streets. How like, dare them take away my life? <laughs> Dictators, man, Linus. Um, I, you know what? I as okay. I like that. Yeah, I love this. I love the season. I love the episodes. I'm not trying to rag on the show, but from a writing standpoint, I never quite bought the reason why Deera left the ship, and now I see the reason why to add the stakes to the pause. It seems like a cheap trick, not the band, but it really is a plot device. And so I, I understand, and now it makes total sense. But it feels like. Hmm. <laughs> a little bit reverse engineer there. You know what I mean? John, uh, I'm just impressed somebody Flobo's age knew who Cheap Trick was. What? So look at the, I'm, good jams, I'm very impressed. Uh, Flobo <laughs> loves rock and roll. It's one of the great things about Flobo. You, you've always got that. He's, was, uh, you know what? Flobo's the DJ, right? folks. I, yeah, I figured it was just us gray guys that did now. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, There's a reason I'm bald. I DJed a, a New Year's Eve party last night, and they wanted old school hip hop or the Grateful Dead. That was a mixing challenge. <laughs> Everybody, get your hands up! Saturday night. That just makes my that just makes my head hurt thinking about it. Hey man, check clear. Old school hip hop or the Grateful Dead. Which, which Dead songs did they want to hear? They wanted everything, bro. Did did not did not. Did it, did it, Sugar Magnolia, and you're like, what run what run DMC song can come out of this? Ma, uh, no. Maybe <laughs> off the rails. How do we go from the Grateful Dead to DMX here? <laughs> exactly. Speaking of Grateful Dead, Rin Dead face. Now, here's my reference of the week. Before he was shot to crap, he said, and I quote, I can't sit around and hope anymore. And I said, oh, I get it. He's blue. And the Blue Lantern Corps is all about hope. Ah, they, they see the show. They know. They know. Uh, but rest in peace, my man. Uh, <laughs> Rin, Jake Giles, let me ask you, man. One, why is Green Lantern so awesome? And two, what happens to Rin now as far as the storytelling device? Say that one more time because you ran through it way too fast. My brain couldn't keep up. Uh, one, why is Green Lantern the best superhero of all time? And two, with Rin being dead, what happens to the rest of the crew? That's like one of their like guys. Okay, so for the first part, watch out. There's a hurricane coming through. Oh, okay, don't do that. There's a hurricane coming through. It's <laughs> turn, Brock. Um, for the second part, I mean, Rin wasn't really in the show very long. Okay. Uh, what, like a total of maybe three episodes? Yep. Maybe four. Um, I think the crew's going to be just fine. I really think that at this point, uh, fairly early next week, we're probably going to see uh, Tilly and the bridge crew uh, kind of hook up with Burnham and then pretty much take that bridge pretty quickly to get onto the resolution for the se- for the season. Because I believe next week is the last episode of the season. Yes, it is. Yes. So yes, is. I imagine we're going to see that happen pretty quickly. Like within the first like twenty minutes, it did seem that he uh, paid the ultimate price for in there, and, and it was kind of a redemption. Him. Yeah, it kind of was because he has a, a purpose. He was, so. Well, he was he was such a coward, and he wouldn't do anything to stand up to Osiris after she cut off his antenna, um, which they grow back. I don't know why Discovery never really got with that. That was part of the whole Enterprise episode when Archer cut one of Shran's off to get out of the. Uh, the duel they were supposed to have that it would grow back eventually. I think it's kind of like symbolic. If someone broke my leg, <laughs> you know, it, it will fix. It's just kind they of like... did. They did mention it at one point that it would take a while for them to grow back, and and I I pretty sure the makeup people uh, allowed for a little passage of time, a little bit of growth <laughs> of the of the little sprouts. But yes, you're you're absolutely right, Jake. He had been a trustee of Osiris. He was implanting the uh, explode your head device into all the slaves on the salvage planet. He uh, he definitely he was hated by everyone except for Book, who has a very deep understanding of people who are pariahs and and people who stand up on principle. Um, I, I'll miss him. I will miss Rin like crazy. I know we didn't get to see a lot of him, but he was uh, a big guy, good actor under all that makeup. Mary Wiseman's husband. So, yep. Mr. Tilly. Um, 
Can, can and, we and, by any chance recreate that technology he was implanting in people and just put it in every Twitter troll's head? That way, every time they get too much, we just go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nor Auerbach Katz ends us. Want to give a shout out to my man Lars Newt coming through the chat, just saying what's up, man. You know what the deal. New Year's was great. I watched the Honeymooners, and now we're talking Star Trek. Uh, but in that exchange of Rin's unfortunate and timely passing, Booker has an idea. He lets Osira know he has a hookup! That lithium hookup, baby! He's going to help her out with that. Do you think he's bluffing, or is he telling the truth, John? Um, it sounds to me... We don't know Book to be a um, just-take-a-stab guy. He, he's a pretty good calculating guy, pretty good at weighing the risks. Um, he knows he wants to get back there. He knows it's going to be dangerous. Um... So, yes, he he is setting Osira up. He's mm-hmm. trying to get back there so maybe he can rescue people, but he's got a feeling he can set her up. That's what I'm seeing. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of expecting, like, if, if his plan goes through, I'm kind of expecting somewhat of a beam her down, beam them up kind of thing and just leave her. I, there's something going on. He's got something up his sleeve. And maybe he hasn't even thought it out yet. Maybe he, he isn't even 100%. Because let's face it, uh, hopefully I'm not jumping into guns here, Flobo, but let's talk about the cute little robots. Okay. Wait, let's oh, talk about the R2 units. Wait, that would be the yeah. second question. First question I have, though, is that now with Sam is hanging out in space, uh, what's gonna, how are they going to make this happen next week? Now, Starfleet grabbed him. Okay. He was grabbed by Oh, yeah, for sure. But, but do you think he's going to be able to do it, though? you think he would do it? Or I said, you think that Michael will let, Michael will let him do it? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe it's Tilly's call to get him to do it. Mm, like Tilly's got to definitely stand up and do some more captainy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? at this at this point, I can never remember her name. She's the lady who did play Arium in season in the previous Nielsen? two seasons. Nielsen. Yeah, Nielsen. Nielsen. I, Nielsen. I, as soon as he said that, as soon as he asked Tilly, I'm like, no, Nielsen. Yeah. Oh. I mean, okay. Nilsson had been taking the comm for quite a while. Yeah, she, she was the second officer. She should have been promoted. Ooh, hot, spicy take. Uh, <laughs> I, it could I, have I, been. This is why could. Tilly getting everyone's acceptance is a big deal, because they already had Nilsson. Yeah. It's always weird on top of that shit, man. It really is. But uh, I didn't <laughs> want to cut you off there, John. Let's talk about these robots, man, because I have mixed feelings about this. Fears Data has downloaded themselves a nice, cuddly, merchandisable, toy- toyetic uh, robots, and now they may help the crew. I want to see what your opinion is. But I don't ask Star you Trek questions. Baby Yodas. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Let me, I want to ask your opinion of this. This is how the episode ends, actually. They, yeah. they, they, align, they align themselves with Tilly and the crew. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, uh, you'll see a little more discussion of it if you watch Ready Room, uh, where uh, Will Wheaton is interviewing Jonathan Frakes. Great episode of Ready Room. Can't recommend it enough. Um, They do talk a little bit about how up to that point, um, before we see the little robots uh, come in, um, we see the sphere represented as Buster Keaton. Yeah. That is so cool. That sitting is back, so cool. Sitting, sitting back there on the screen, just watching everything. Just watching everything. And movie. and so smart at how it hit itself. Um, there's this thing about, um, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't come up with a, a Green Lantern way of talking about this Flobo, so I'm going to have to go Toy Story. Um, there's something magical about Toy Story when you realize that the toys love the kids. There's something magical about that. It makes me cry like a baby whenever I watch like Toy Story 3 or Toy Story 4. The fact that the kids are, they love their toys, but the toys love them back. So here we have Discovery. Everyone does everything they can for Discovery. And Discovery, represented by the sphere, cares about them. Cares. Like there's love to it. And of course, when the sphere comes to them and it comes to them in the i mean why weren't these things on the market this christmas yeah. honest to goodness they already showed them in the um opening credits all season for season three they're showing the little yeah. robots i think they're called i think they're i think they're called dots dots yeah. and yeah. for dot some 23s. reason like, yeah uh, uh dot 23s yeah that's mm-hmm. that's what i hear them uh being referred to right now so the dot 23s 
they they do come and they say we want to help and it's a very classic script element that the villains overlooked them mm -hmm. you know it's like the the little jester sneaks in and helps our knights by providing them with the key to get out of the their their imprisonment you know so, yeah since we've already made multiple references tonight they're marco stunt don't do that don't <laughs> Because, I mean, look, these dot 23s may end up saving the day. Marcus Hart can't do that. <laughs> dot 23s will get, like, jobbed out in five minutes. Oh, he tried. But look at the heart. Oh, fine. We'll go with Swoggle. Uh, I was torn with this because yeah. when, when I first – okay, I'll tell you how I walked through this because I'm not a snob, even though I, I am trained to be one. Um, the, my first knee-jerk reaction was like, oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Buster Keaton has somehow put himself in his army of robots, and they're all cutesy looking. But I thought about it, and I said, to your point, John, I mean, these things have been, they have been plots all season. They helped out all season. They were in the intro. There was no repairing ships all season. They're repairing ships all They're in the background. They're over there in the Federation. Like, they, they've told, they played totally fair with this. And so yeah. I sat with this on New Year's Eve night thinking, <laughs> why do I, why is my first knee-jerk reaction be like, ugh, and this is going to sound really weird or really post-MTV entitled, but I think it's because of the CGI. Their animation seemed a bit cartoony. It reminded me of the, yeah. that green alien that was in the Flintstones, Gizmo or Gidget, whatever it was. It felt like it came out of nowhere. Gazoo, like, yeah. the great gazoo. Gazoo, yes. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> You're helping them? I think that's the only misstep there, but it totally makes sense, you know? So, so, Jake, so so, ladies and gentlemen who have been paying attention, so apparently last night, half of Flobo's brain was trying to remember, was trying to figure out how to go from Grateful Dead to uh, Rap, and the other side was going, man, those things look really freaking cartoony. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. I um, feel to see the joke there, sir, if it's true. <laughs> Flobo now feels personally attacked. <laughs> I'm totally attacked. Oh, Jake, I can't remember. I feel like it was you who was on our previous episode when I accused those things of being Herbie from the old uh, NBC Fantastic Four cartoon where they replaced yeah. oh, the Human so. Torch with Herbie the Robot. Um, they, it was they either me, had... it was either the one I was on or the one right after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, or, or um, and I can't remember the name of the robots on the movie The Black Hole. I'm very Disney oh, okay. tonight. What's up with that? But Marco, uh, it, it's all good. It's a little bit of uh, R2, a little bit of R two D two in there, and I get that. Uh, I get what you're saying, Flobo. There is something sort of um, little kiddish about it, which is bizarre because I don't know how many little kids are sitting around watching CBS All Access at this point. I'm not sure how many little kids are going to be watching this show ever. They yeah. use the word shit. At, at one point when they talk they're they talking about multiple times <laughs> it's shit you know you're eating shit like that's a hostile gesture that admiral vance why'd you say that <laughs> by the way it's, it's all the mind game baby all the mind game i actually respected i actually respected vance at that point even more than i already had because i'm like oh okay we're gonna play this game now yeah you know you're eating our poop I, I do have to say, though, I was worried a second ago because John picked up that can and I was worried it was a twisted tea. <laughs> you know what's weird about this? Uh, this is totally off topic. Right? So if you, if you could be living under a rock, there's a viral video featuring that twisted tea. I actually drink the stuff. It's been sold out in my store. <laughs> How weird is that? If I can't even drink the stuff, everyone's doing viral videos with it. You know? this, is the, uh, this is the product of the year is Twisted Tea. They managed yeah. to finish 2020 being like the number yeah. one product. Just because, just because some guy just hauled off and busted one over somebody's dome. Yeah, yo, hey, it. Superman punched a Nazi once, right? Why not this yeah. guy? Please do it with something I actually don't drink. Can you yeah. use a skinny girl margarita bottle next time? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> like, dang! <laughs> yeah, so I mean, sad. seriously, you, you, use a Budweiser. <laughs> I like Bud. But you know what I'm saying? Any, any tall boy should work. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. Keep Mad Dog it. 2020. <laughs> right. Oh, Mad, Mad Dog. 20, Mad Dog 2020 will knock you back into back into 2020. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do, do you want to make any predictions as to how the Dot 23s help? Do you think? Like, nope. Well, no, I do not. Um, 
I mean, they can get, they can move throughout the ship where the crew can. The dot twenty threes can start cutting out systems because they know where they're where they are. They know how to get. They know the most vulnerable points because they're the ones always fixing them. And so they don't have life signs, so they yeah. can't be uh, tracked. It wouldn't surprise me to see them do something like I don't know, cut all power to the bridge while Osiris was there, or seal oh, the doors. Alone, we're doing now. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth Christmas movie. Four, four weeks in a row, we get a Christmas movie on Discovery. Die Hard Christmas movie. Home Alone, yet another see, variation on Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, much less, yeah. much respect. See, see, Flobo keeps keeps up with this this whole uh, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, despite the fact that he was outvoted among those of us on the other millennials. Elemento's <laughs> podcast, a friend of the show. I would say listen to every episode but that one. Uh, don't, <laughs> listen, don't listen to the Christmas episode. Don't listen to the Christmas episode. Flobo is not on it. I take no responsibility for the Christmas episode. I was simply there, did my job, and then went and drank heavily after. Right. Do not ratio me. I, I, I you know, look, I don't I don't I don't mean to insult the guys on that podcast, but that is one of the coldest takes in the world. That take <laughs> was hot like a decade ago. Honest to God, I only oh, see no, like the neck beardies arguing that now. It wasn't actually really said on the show. It's just kind of aggregated by me from all of our Twitter activity. I tell people who say Die Hard is a Christmas movie, if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then Iron Man 3 has to be. And it's like, oh, no, that's different. Because... No, no, Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. They, they, I would I, say I, Iron Man 3 is a Christmas it's movie. It's more a Christmas movie than Die Hard. But it's not about that, because we're in Die Hard in space. Um, there's a real quick moment. It's kind of a minor detail, but I thought it was pretty interesting, uh, how Burnham sent a distress call to her mama, uh, Gabrielle, about what was going down. Do you think Gabrielle makes an appearance? And if so, how will she help out the crew? Yes. Hmm. I mean, I, yeah, it does feel like that kind of setup, doesn't it? Well, not only that, but remember her, the order she belongs to, hopeless causes. The ship's already been taken. That's kind of a hopeless cause. So, right. you know, we may see her show up and, uh, you know, steal a line from our favorite Romulan on Picard. Choose to live. Ah. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Nice. Had the one up your sleeve there, Jake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he takes notes. Um, I, 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 well, I, I also, I'm a big Romulan fan. <laughs> I have all the jerseys. I have to go to the playoffs. Uh, Isn't that interesting, though? Because uh, I have a favorite race, too. <laughs> uh, tread carefully, John. <laughs> My favorite race is black people. No, um, yes! no that's the girl We're you're, number one. you're sorry. You're sorry. Talking to it apart. You know who my favorite race is? Black people say. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, my favorite race is Bajorans. I know. I know. Isn't it weird? But what I, I love just... is their uh, their religion is so uh, like solid and magical, and uh, and you know uh, our hero is their emissary. I love that. Well, that 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 seals it, folks. I, I, I can never be on this show again because my second favorite is the Cardassians. Well, I, you know, honestly, my second favorite is the Cardassians, too. I feel like there's a balance there. Only because uh, of Garrick. Uh, oh, Garrick is one of the greatest. Gul Dukat, though, yeah. always going to be one of my number one Trek characters ever. Villains ever. And one of my favorite actors as well. I, I feel like such like a, like a sleazeball. I'm like, whatever, Commander Nan is. Barzon, cool. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't have a ranking of a favorite. I, 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 I will say this much, though. The, the writers kind of ticked me off in this episode. How so? Because there was a briefest of brief pauses between Deep Space and then when she said 273, I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> uh, I used captions. I was already spoiled. Like, I, I, I read like, the caption. Yeah. <laughs> I love that though, because there is there is a network of deep space stations. There should be. It's not yeah. all planets, you know. You're not well, going mean, to uh, I mean, colonize planets. Two seventy three. I mean, that's what Delta Quadrant, probably. If uh, Bajor was deep space nine. Yeah. Is that? How, uh, do you think they number them in terms of where they're located, or do they number them in terms of when they became deep space stations? Sequentially. Sequentially, in, in, in uh, the sequence of, okay, this is our new uh, station, so now it's 273. Oh, we've got a newer one, that's 274. Or, 
like in terms of uh, who's closest to the center of the Federation or no one's ever answered. Because it would make more sense with the Vulcan influence in the Federation that it's just simply the most logical way. And that's, okay, well, here's Deep Space Nine. Um, we got this one over here that's just on the other side of the wormhole. We'll call it Deep Space Ten. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I wonder why they went the whole number convention. And why did they haven't like gave it like real? I don't know. They will name the ships after people, places, and things. I wonder why these space stations are just numbered as needed. That's a because, very good question. Because yeah. uh, with the exception of until now, our space dock having existed for about three, four hundred years that we knew through the original canon all the way through. Voyager in the movies, um, most space stations get torn apart and rebuilt as they age. And at that point, if you know if it was named, you would have to put you'd have to make some kind of dif differentiation. If it's just a number, who cares? You know, uh, Deep Space Nine couldn't be wouldn't be Terok Nor anymore by this point in the in the show. Anyway, it would probably be a uh, Earth space dock style space station with full docking facilities and the big door that Kirk barely slips out of to steal the Enterprise, you know. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Although I have to say, again, going backwards in the conversation, Terok Nor. What a badass name. I love that name. Terror Gate. And yeah. that's its Cardassian name, correct? Yes. Yeah. Two two identical stations, Terok Nor and Impok Nor. Terror Gate, which would become Deep Space Nine, and then Impok Nor, Empire Gate, which is what O'Brien would go to steal a bunch of components for uh, Deep Space Nine and get attacked by crazy Cardassian zombies. O'Brien, oh, that guy knows me so much. Uh, but shout out to Sherman Cox. Thanks so much for rolling through tonight. Appreciate you. Happy uh, New yeah, Year, man. O'Brien is always like, yeah, you know, my wife, my really attractive wife, and my kid and my wife, you know, my wife's hot. Nobody, I get nobody, it, O'Brien. I get nobody, it. Nobody got screwed in Star Trek nearly as bad as Miles O'Brien. Everything that could happen to that man happened to him. He went through the same torture Picard did by, under the Cardassians. He yeah, had to calm one. some supernatural beast on Bajor. You know. And can I throw in... His best friend was a changeling the... for like six months of the series we didn't even know. And can I throw this in? Keiko yeah. was never that nice to him. No. No. I, he I he never... Always, he was always complaining. I like this station. I mean, look, man, she's a teacher in the school, the school. All right, you know what? <laughs> Miles. I, you know, somebody was talking in one of the uh, Facebook groups the other day about uh, Asian characters in Star Trek, and she was the one Asian character no one mentioned. And then someone yeah. finally broke the silence and was like, no, why is no one talking about Keiko? And me, I've just learned to shut up. I don't add to these conversations. But mine was, have you met Keiko? Well, yeah. we have. I, I actually got, speaking about. of Facebook, I actually got rid of it on at midnight last night. So, oh, oh yeah, the whole congratulations, the whole Facebook. Uh, well, no, I I deleted the app completely. I've still got an account for Messenger so that I can up to update our pod our podcast stuff. But outside of that, no, I got rid of the whole app. And because uh, that's really through that through Messenger or DM is the only way Flobo's got to get a hold of me. Oh yeah, I did. I did DM you today. Uh, yeah. Wait a by that. Real quick though, we talked about the robots like twenty minutes ago. But the yes. question, I, the follow-up question I had was, we we saw that before that we saw the bridge crew basically have their own little side quest, a little adventure there. Now with Discovery's original problem, season one was saying, hey, these bridge crew members are pretty much one-dimensional, interchangeable. We saw some more personality beats here, yes. but in season three and in this particular episode, are we getting a feel of these being individuals? Do we, or do we think these are worthy of being intact as a crew or overall thoughts about the crew? I mean, we know Detmer now. The rest are yeah. kind of slowly moving up to two-dimensional, but they're still mostly one-dimensional. Uh, I mean, we know more... We know, We've gotten to know Detmer quite well. Uh, she's really the only one, though. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. No, I disagree. That's, that's I OOS. disagree entirely. Because yeah. I think because because Owo was a part of Detmer's story. She yeah. Gets bumped that's up more than, true, like, but Owo is a leader in a lot of ways, and she does really kick some ass this episode too. Yeah, we, um, I think I think with Owo, we learned more about her about the mirror her this season than we did her. Yeah, mirror was better. Won't argue there. But uh, the thing that's great about Owo is, um, you know, if you look at the family structure, um, 
the boys are the boys don't stand out as much as the girls. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, that how, whatever reason, I know a lot of guys out there are like, because they hate white men. There are no white men on that um, bridge, by the way, but because uh, they hate straight men, it's not about that. They have similar uh, names too. It doesn't help their cause. I mean, wh- what you've got is you've got um, the drama focuses a lot on Detmer and then how it comes out from there. We do know Nilsen because she's so close to uh, executives, so she's taken the comm a bunch of times. She's got a bunch of important uh, moments. And it's, uh, and it's the exact same person as uh, uh, the robot girl was. Yeah. Same actress. Uh, first season. Yeah. First season. And then no. second season, yeah. actually, yeah. Uh, second season, a new actress was a, was Robot Girl. Uh, and they did bring her back during uh, the end. Uh, <laughs> her, her, name, her name just completely escaped Well, because Neil, Nielsen played uh, Arium in the Terran yes. Universe. Yeah. Or she's right. Also, yeah. Her right. without the augmentation was in the Terran Universe. Right. And and so um, we are seeing a lot more. Now, granted, a lot of that happened in the mirror universe. That's true. But as was pointed out by Will Wheaton, I'm not going to take credit for this. Uh, a lot of the great moments of the crew happen when Jonathan Frakes is the director. That's true. Might have been play. And here's a guy who can teach them. You know, here's how the family works. Here's how yeah. you stand out from the group. Here's how your individual... Uh, you know, um, contribution is is unique to you. So um, I, I really liked it. I, I feel like, and what we're going to see in the sort of under siege, because I hate Die Hard at this point in my life. <laughs> Thank Still the hard. Lord. <laughs> uh, uh, what we're going to see in the under siege get back moment is um, we're going to see this crew do some great stuff under Tilly. That's how we're going to yeah. finish uh, season three, Tilly and her bridge crew kicking ass. Yeah, that's my I, uh, and that's just a prediction. I actually yeah. saw a Twitter post uh, the other day that said, "Yeah, you got to feel sorry for Jonathan Frakes when he's directing some of these episodes where there's a lot of uh, action for the bridge crew because he's going around going, okay, you're going to go over here, you're going to do that, you're going to be doing that, you're going to be doing that. Well, crap, you don't have a wharf." Ah. <laughs> Who are we going to say no to? It's true. It's true. <laughs> That's a good point. Who's I their wharf? <laughs> this this well, series. Yeah, wharf, who are you going to say no to every single time they come up with something? Oh wow! This this season has a lot of uh, cool character moments. I mean, I thought yeah. at the beginning of the season we saw Bryce come out a little more when he was saying the comms are down and uh, and and Taryn Reese getting the the whole brothel exchange. <laughs> <laughs> By the Dude, way, you know? have, have I uh, have I absolutely uh, fanboyed out for him on this show? Yes, uh, uh, man. It was actually the one I was on in in the in the Terran universe. Uh, you know, he like he's going to take over the red uh, the red light district. Yeah, stop me. Have I already said this? And and so his decision was: well, the red light district probably comes with a lot of drugs. Yep. So my character here in the Terran universe is totally burned out on drugs. And I just yeah. love that choice. I love that edgy choice that he made. And now I see so much sort of ass kickery in his, you know, prime universe version. And maybe it's just because I watched that interview. I don't know if it's coming through his performance, but I'm a huge fan. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I think, I mean, we're almost all the way through season three now. It's about time the bridge crew kind of gelled. Yeah. They really haven't up until now. It's not that uh, kind of series. It's not. I mean, it, it's a Star Trek series that centers around a person, not exactly. a ship. That's what they said about it to begin with. Exactly. But over this season, they seem to kind of change gears on that. Yeah. And they've kind of made it a mix. It's still traditional now in the fact that it's about the ship and it's about the bridge crew. Yeah. But you've also got that second highway there that's, you know, I mean, in an aggravated you know, Michael has another love interest. For now. She has to have one in every season. And what uh, happens every season? They usually die. Or or they find out they're a Klingon. Yeah. 
Sad day. Uh, <laughs> That's what happens when you get too drunk on New Year's Eve and you wake up. You wake up in a uh, bathtub full of ice and you reach up. You got forehead ridges. I was quarantined for nine months. Okay, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> How dare you judge me? No, I, we have to get out of here soon, but you know, next week is going to be the season finale. I'm excited to see how everything wraps up and if it will wrap up. Jake, starting with you, what do you want to see? Predictions, all that good stuff. I uh, want to see the bridge crew take the bridge back without Michael's help. I think that's something that they really need for that group. That would be something. Um, at the same time, I want to see, you know, a more episodes because we've got an awful long time until Picard, which doesn't start filming until like middle of this month. <laughs> right. Because, you know, of course they took all kinds of precautions because of Sir Patrick's age with COVID and all that. But it, Jerry Ryan just recently said that they're going to start in January. But it's like, you know, they started uh, shooting season four in uh, just after Thanksgiving. They so they're probably about a month in uh, up in yeah. Toronto. Put together and, uh, season four of Discovery. And we're still waiting for season one of uh, Stranger Worlds. But, uh, yeah, I really think the bridge crew needs to take the bridge on their own and capture Osira. I think that's something they need to do. Um, that's To me, that's something that is part of the ship itself at the soul. Especially now they've got the dots, which are being controlled by the, uh, the computer. And, you know, Burnham can do her thing. Or even if they want to have her face off with Osira in a, you know, dun, 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 you know. I'd be all for that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, while the bridge crew takes everything out, they're fighting with Vulcan Lirpas. I don't know. Um, but the bridge crew, in my opinion, really needs to take the ship. True. JLJ Media, Happy New Year. John, let me ask you, man, next week, what are you thinking? What are you loving? Well, we got to get back to uh, Sukal so that we can save Dr. Culber and Saru and um, and Adira. Uh, so something has to happen there. I, I still want a question answered. Is Sukal a uh, super-powered space child? And uh, how are we going to contain his power? Or, and I would hate this, is he going to be some deus ex machina and his magical dilithium powers are going to somehow save the day? I would hate that, but they are setting us up for a possibility of that. I don't like your tone about that one, John. <laughs> he's, obviously, he's, ob baby? Oh. <laughs> he's, he's obviously a mutant, so maybe we found a role for Patrick Stewart to play in this, in this series now, too, because obviously uh -huh. Sue calls a mutant. Time will collapse. Time would absolutely collapse. Picard! I'm actually Charles <laughs> no, Xavier that, now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what is going on? Uh, I what just what wanna... about you, Flobo? What do you think? Man, look. Here's the dilly. I, what I like about Star Trek Discovery, I, I've gotten in spades this season. And I, and I was cranky in season two because I felt like a lot of fan service was there to bridge the gap between old Star Trek fans and new Star Trek fans. Because mm. as a new fan, it became homework. It was like, oh, this is a reference to this. and Or this is a reference to the Menagerie or the Cage. I had to go back and watch these things, which what yeah. made Discovery cool was that it was its own thing. Season three, I got that and more. Yeah, there was the past stuff. There was the, We got the mystery in the burn. You had some new planet exploration. You got some political discourse. You had the trial episode. Every Star Trek show does one, apparently. So That's right. I am, I am happy. It hasn't been perfect, but I can't ask for anything more, except for maybe a Green Lantern crossover. So this right here is all icing on the cake. Big three a lot for me. Right on. Right on. Sorry, Jake. Woo! <laughs> uh, but, it's, but it's about high time to get out of here, man. In, this the, been... in the words of Ryan Reynolds, don't make the super suit green or animated. You know, I like that movie, Flaws and All. As bad as it is, I will watch it. I will it's, watch it's... it. I will watch fun, it. Right? I, I might fast forward through the parts before he uh, becomes Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of that. But, yeah, I'd watch that again. The scene, I mean, not a spoiler right now, but the scene where he, at the end where he kisses the girl... Big lively and flies off in the space. It was like the whole movie should have been that. <laughs> okay, yeah. whatever. I'm not going my spot. Spo spoiler alert for a for a movie that came out 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it came out 10 years ago this June. All right, Jake Giles, where can the world find you online, man? 
Uh, Twitter and Instagram at JGilesTEM. Also on the uh, Elder Millennials Podcast Network, having both the Elder Millennials Podcast and a show that uh, Flobo frequents with us called the 685. It is a wrestling themed podcast. I only go on there to talk about AEW. <sighs> because I am the elite. The, the elite. Just because it's on TV doesn't mean it's the same as quality. But John, what's up, man? <laughs> uh, hey, follow us this year because it's going to be a big year for uh, all, all three guys you're seeing on the screen right now, but all of our friends as well. Uh, going to be a very big year for us. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. I am there more and more every day, at hello John Weber. Uh, glad to see you. Glad to include you. If you uh, ever want to ask any questions or throw in a comment, uh, I might bring it to the show for you. Oh, yeah. And this is Commander's Log, part of the New Amsterdam Entertainment Network. A little more about this and other shows at NewAmsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com. But until next time, see you, Captain! Gentlemen, always a pleasure to serve with you. I moved my camera, so I can't find it. There it is. <laughs> it's and tough with these Christmas cameras. Gentlemen, Romulan Ale. Ready, room. Let's go. <laughs>